Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's show, we're seeing if the Predator can still hunt down big money at the box office. Are Rick and Morty worth 70 more episodes? And we'll answer the lifelong question, which is better, Del Taco or Taco Bell? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back once again with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you coming by, tuning in, and enjoying the program. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend from Humanica Media. You gotta check out all the great things going on with his experience today at HumanicaMedia.com. Humanica Media on YouTube and all of their great podcasts now on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other podcast outlets. It's my good friend. It's Josh Peterson. What's up, my friend? Hey, hey, hey. And the answer to your earlier question is Del Taco. Well, we'll delve a little bit more into that here in a sec, because later on in the episode, we're going to play a little bit of the current Topicocalypse show that covers that really, really important topic that needs to be delved into more deeply, and that is which is better, Del Taco or Taco Bell? I would probably say Jack in the Box tacos are better than both of them, but that's just me. Um, is this the part where I get a no? You're wrong. No, I mean I, I that you you changed the paradigm by putting Jack in the Box in there, so now I'm gonna have to think about this for a while. Well, I was kind of mad this year that Jack in the Box turned the clock when it came to 2018 and got rid of their two tacos for 99 cents. And instead, tried to package it into a three for $3 with a drink, making it still a little bit more expensive. But hey, they still threw me some free tacos for my birthday recently. So you know what? I'll take it. But we're going to have a great show for you today. We've got Rob McCallum standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. Again, we're going to play some highlights from one of the latest episodes of Topicocalypse where they do talk about which is better, Taco Bell and Del Taco. Plus, we're going to be talking about Rick and Morty getting 70 more episodes and the lasting influence of Dungeons and Dragons almost 45 years later after its inception. But first, Josh, The Predator dropped its first trailer this week. And, well, there's reaction all across the board. Similar to what we saw when Venom first came out with its first trailer. 
I'm going to ask you point blank. Is the Predator worth rebooting at this point in time? Do you think it still has enough magic left to try and find an audience? I know Predators came out, what, about four or five years ago to mixed reviews and, well, actually mixed results at the box office. So Fox looks like it's trying to reboot that with some sort of endgame now with them trying to be becoming hybrid with humans and something like that. It, just at some point in time, it looks very different now than what we're used to seeing out of the Predators from the past. Yeah, the trailer was pretty vague. It seems like they're trying to do, like, everyone's trying to do hybrid creatures. You know, it seems to be the the staple of uh, 90s, 90s reboots. You know, you have Jurassic Parks doing hybrid dinosaurs and Predators doing hybrid Predators. What does that entail, though? What is that like? I'm, I Before I say it's a good idea or a bad idea, I need to know more about what the idea is and what they're what they're trying to do but this one actually looks like it some of it's going to be a flashback and some of it's going to be like you know we're, we're getting a mixture of um you know the last predators and we're also in a mixture of the uh alien versus predator requiem that kind of took place in the uh a more like rural looking town so it it looks interesting but it is it was far too vague so i maybe i need to watch it again or kind of look into some of the easter eggs or or breakdowns of the trailer but i don't know man like it it feels like what what does hybrid entail because we've seen that plot played out a bunch of times and you know there it's going to be it's going to have to be handled well for it to to come across especially if they want predator to uh to keep going because i know that this film had a lot of trouble getting into production so i'm just you know i want to know is it going to be worth my time same here I enjoyed the original Predator movie and its follow-up, Predator 2, which I thought is an underrated and very much not appreciated enough movie that I think that those two really stand out. I've told you the story before how one of the first movies, actually the first movie I saw in a theater with Dolby surround sound was Predator 2, and I was just ooing and aahing more of the sound experience and more than anything so and now these days we just take it for granted so tells you how old i am but being that as it may it still looks like it's it's going to be what maybe a a generic uh action slash bordering on horror type flick but it's trying to bring a new type of uh, i guess uh twist with the evolution of the predator and try and take it into a new realm Fox is banking on this connecting with audiences so they can actually reboot the series as a whole and make more iterations. I'm not too keen on it at this point in time. I think Fox is going to have to do a little bit more to show me that this is going to be worth my time. I hope it is because, like I said, I have an affinity for the first two Predators that came out. The one I saw last in theaters with Adrian Brody and how they were all put on a different planet and trying to figure out what was going on with the predators up there on that planet. That movie just really was not very good at all to me. And obviously the poor performance necessitated maybe a reboot being decided upon by Fox. They're trying to go at it from a different angle. Will it pay off in the long run? Uh, I'm not sure. Seeing initial reactions on the internet and social media are kind of mixed at this point in time, but Hey, Fox has got these properties that they're trying to go ahead and see if anything sticks before they set off to Disney 
or Comcast because Comcast is rumored to be trying to hone in on upping the bid for Fox and its properties away from Disney. Although, you know, if Disney's really wants it, they can flash more cash, in my opinion, than Comcast. $60 billion plus what the, what the asking price is already. So it's definitely going to be well worth Fox to go ahead and sell off these assets like the Predator and others. But there, you can see Fox is just trying to throw some of these old properties they have and see if they can try and get any money off them before they go ahead and relinquish them to a Comcast or a Disney. What we've seen last year with Alien and what we've seen you know, upcoming with with what they're trying to do with Deadpool and and another X-Men and and so forth. They're trying to go ahead and make sure that they have at least every attempt to gain money for themselves before they sell it off to Disney or Comcast. Oh, that makes sense. But I mean, it sounds like Disney already has their, like they're already making plans towards owning these properties. But it would make sense. But I, I feel like they are have already kind of resigned themselves to selling to somebody but it it would not be comcast because disney has far too much at stake in this deal if you consider the marvel properties at this point in time they with the marvel properties the very prospect of an x-men fantastic four all the villains including galactus which uh, has been heavily rumored to be the if they do revisit another avengers movie series or he could be a leading candidate to be the villain in those series of movies. And also, of course, Deadpool, not to mention him. And we'll actually be talking more about him on next week's PCC Multiverse. It just, like you said, it all these assets going to Fox is going to be a big win for Disney. And I don't see Comcast standing in the way for too long. And I think, you know, if it takes extra money to get the deal done, I think Disney's going to do it. Like you, though, I have kind of mixed feelings on the Predator, but I don't blame Fox at all for trying to rehash and throw these things out there and try and reboot these series before it comes out of their hands. Right, and I think that if Alien Covenant proved anything, it's that it's time for these old properties to evolve or die. People don't just want you know, creatures chasing people around and murdering them anymore. People want story. They want that plus they want a storyline to go with it and that was something that Ridley Scott didn't really take into account he he th- he had the potential for a good alien film and then he completely threw it away so i'm just hoping that with predator they kind of learn their lesson and will kind of focus as much on character development as they are on slaughtering people i think it's still too soon to reboot the series personally but like i said before if they're going to be giving up all their properties in the near future, it's, I guess right now it's just at, at Fox is in the mode of let's just keep throwing those darts out and let's see what sticks. So I would like to actually get a chance to view more trailers explaining what's going on with the Predator before we go ahead and say definitively it's a movie you should see or not see. I know it's so far at this point, it's not high up on my list, but Things can change depending on the look. I mean, we've seen things with Venom with a better showing in its second trailer that a lot more people are impressed with the picture than they were after the first. So maybe the Predator can follow suit in that aspect. We'll see. You know, it's kind of a weird time for movies because everything's dominated by superhero uh, and other franchise stuff. So I see why 
predator is such an important thing for them but again like it's the movies have changed significantly since the first predator came out just like they've changed significantly since the first alien came out so it's just it's time to either evolve or die and i know that fox has another diehard in the pipeline too so we're gonna see you know what happens to all these movies and if they can survive and how they're planning on doing that or else you know it's reboot and I, I think that a reboot is probably a lot riskier than just continuing what they already have this is true i agree with you wholeheartedly on that and it's going to be it, we're going to have to see if a diehard again would be still something that people want to see or another alien or an even an x-men with the gene gray story fantastic four if it does get greenlit again and even something like The Predator, if people are still interested in checking out the series, and if people are still wanting to go ahead and hunt down and track down this Predator and catch it on theaters anytime soon. What are your thoughts on The Predator? Are you excited to see it? Did you like the new trailer that came out? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, it's going to be a great show we have for you out there today. Like I said, we've got Rob McCallum standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire to talk some great pop culture stuff. Also as well, later in the show, we're going to play you some highlights from one of the latest Topic Topicocalypse episodes covering that deep, dark topic that we talked about earlier. Which is better, Taco Bell or Del Taco? And we'll talk about Rick and Morty getting 70 more episodes and wondering if it actually is worth it. But first, it is Plasma Z. This is Shadows of Chernobyl. And this is the PCC Multiverse.
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. PCC Multiverse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD2. That's P-O-D and the number 2 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back again with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald back again. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Well, he's back again. If you're watching YouTube, he's, he's smiling and laughing it up right now. It is the man, the myth, the legend behind Rob McCallum Films. Check out all the great projects he has there today on robmccallumfilms.com. But he's also one of the brain trusts behind the great Kickstarter project, Galaxy Hope. It is an unofficial Star Wars documentary. It is my good friend, Rob McCallum. What's up, man? Heidi ho here once again. Excited to talk about a ton of Crossfire stuff. There is a lot of stuff going on. Rob McCallum Films, Galaxy of Hope is still upon us, and we really need everybody's help to uh, plunk down 10, 15, 20 bucks to be a part of the journey. This is another pop culture quest, very much in the vein of Nintendo Quest, which we talk about quite often on the show. Uh, But this one has some really great stakes involved. This one. Uh, Every dollar, every collectible is going to make a direct impact on the lives of these kids who don't get to live a normal life like uh, you and I had maybe growing up. We get to make uh, their life a little bit more digestible. So Andy Morrison, our ambassador, goes to the hospital once a month, sometimes twice a month, every three weeks for blood transfusions. And that's got to be a pretty uh, down and dark thing to do. So wouldn't it be nice if she always had something to look forward to? when she uh, got there. And that's what our mission is going to do. It's going to impact the Child Life Program from the Children's Health Foundation. And we need your help to get this film happening. The auction will happen either way, but the film will spread the word. It will give travel dollars to collect all this awesome Star Wars pop culture memorabilia that goes in this auction. It'll be the biggest Star Wars auction of its kind and raise a lot of awareness and a lot of dollars for the kids that need it. That it will. And you can help support this project today by going to Kickstarter and choosing Galaxy of Hope, choosing a tier and making this happen. And without your help, it's not going to happen. But we know you can't have just $10, $15, $20 out there. That'll get everything started. And the Galaxy of Hope can come to fruition in all of its glory. Well, Rob, that's, uh, right. You know, that, that's right indeed. Rob, there's also a lot of other great stuff to talk about in the realm of pop culture. So pray tell, Rob, what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture? I think the crossfire is pretty uh, potpourri-ish, as Jeopardy might label it. We never really know what we're talking about. First up is kind of a question I'm going to pose to you, because I thought this article was 
interesting that I found on, on Slash Film. And the question is, what's crazier? So you've got to answer the question, what's crazier, okay? And you get a choice between two options. This involves some finances that were recently revealed on some motion picture, some big motion picture properties. Okay, so what's crazier? Robert Downey Jr. getting paid $8 million for about eight minutes in Spider-Man Home- Homecoming. Or The Rock making $22 million for a film called Red Notice plus an extra $1 million for him to push it on a social media account. And I didn't hear about Red Notice. Enlighten me on Red Notice. Red Notice is best described as an art heist film. He is only attached and is slated to make $22 million pay or play, which means he's getting it either way. So it hasn't even yet become no. a reality. It hasn't shot. It hasn't nothing. You know what? If I was a studio, that $22 million looks pretty bad right now, doesn't it? Uh, it uh, it's a lot on the books, if you ask me. Danny Jr. and the $8 million for eight minutes. That, to me, obviously makes more sense because of the fact that it's a lot of the reasoning behind Tom Holland's character in Spider-Man Homecoming is because of what Robert Downey Jr. does and, and who he is in that film. So a lot of the motivation factor is there for him. I know with Josh, he has said on numerous occasions that he thought it went a little bit overboard with Peter Parker trying to appease Tony Stark throughout the whole picture. But it does give the general audience a, a I guess, a kind of a, a foundation for a basis for the new wave of Spider-Man movies come about. And then the fact that it also anchors the Spider-Man films going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's one way they did it. So I think that was more, well, that was money better spent. And obviously it re- translated into the box office earnings for Spider-Man Homecoming as well. Well, I think that's the cost of connecting this massive thing that you've built and you've just got to swallow it. It's like a franchise cost, right? When you buy a McDonald's, when you buy a Starbucks, there's that franchise fee that you've got to pay just to be part of the group. Look at the the Las Vegas Golden Knights or the Vegas Golden Knights. $500 million just to be a part of the NHL before a dollar gets spent on uniforms and, and, and players and any of that stuff. It's the cost to do business before business. And uh, I think Sony had to kind of swallow that. They knew they had to bring some of their stuff, some of the Marvel stuff, into their world, just like Marvel was probably willing to pony up a really nice IP license to get Spider-Man into Civil War. So I think it probably went a little both ways, uh, depending on you know whose pocket it ultimately went into. But there were some additional costs on both sides that each side paid to make it happen. So the fans really benefited on that one, obviously. Um, as far as um, this this other film... That is already escaping me. A red notice. See, you know, uh, no, yeah, it hasn't been promoted yet by The Rock, so you know. No, it, really they probably million. maybe have not paid the one million dollar social media fee. It's, uh, I mean, The Rock is kind of like a huge superstar right now. He is the biggest action star out there, but he can do more than action, which is really nice and versatile. He's the kind of action star that you can put into a film and get away with more than explosions, cheesy one-liners, and and, and physical action. It's the cost of doing business for for that movie. So maybe the film only has a fifty million dollar budget, and half of it's spent on The Rock. But they know they'll probably do a hundred million total as a result between DVDs and theatrical and international. The way that it's probably packaged made sense. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have done it, right? But I think both scenarios are are super kind of crazy. Well, it's kind of funny with 
you see the numbers on Rampage, the current movie that he's in. It looks like it's going to be a break-even scenario for the studio, maybe even a small profit out of it. But it might be, when all is said and done, the highest-grossing video game adaptation of all time. But even at that, that's the case, and it's a barely a break-even product at best. That that's attributed to The Rock, you know, because it obviously didn't get that high of reviews. So the box office earning power of The Rock is still there, and I think it's going to be tested with Skyscraper coming up later this summer. But right now, you, you can't deny the power that The Rock has, and obviously, the people of Red Notice, correct? Yep. Okay, Red Notice. See, it was slipping my mind as well. So it's so memorable that the twenty-two million dollars they thought of dishing out was justified. For an extra, you know, 500K, you can go ahead and I'll support, you know, on my social media, any any stuff that's out there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't it checks know. In the I, mail, right? I, it checks in the mail. So the, the check is, is definitely in the mail there for you. Uh, the other two figures that they mentioned was Patty Jenkins goes up to $9 million from from $3 million, uh, for Wonder Woman 2, which is, you know, nice to see. And uh, well Chris, deserved. Yeah, Chris Pratt gets $10 million for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard gets $8 million. Any Any thoughts on those two? Well, you would like to see you know equality when it comes to pay and whatnot, but a lot of people are there to see Chris Pratt. Uh, a lot of people were invested in actually going seeing Jurassic Park because Chris Pratt was jumping into the series. I think that's what helped boost the original reboot uh, even more was his presence in the film. It would be nice if they were both paid equally. I would think that's a little bit more fairer situation, but seeing the fact that he is more of a household name would probably, you know, at, at this point in time, I'd probably say that's kind of justified in, in a way, but I'd like to see more diversity. I'd like to see more equal pay if that's the case. But if it would have been him and, say, Jennifer Lawrence again, or let's say Scarlett Johansson, for instance. If it was Scarlett Johansson, I would have expected at least 10 to 10, if not her, a little bit more as well. Well, I mean, I really wonder what it comes down to. Is practicing more screen time? Is he doing some stunts? Like, I'm okay with a discrepancy in the pay between the two. I just want it justified. I don't want them to have the same amount of screen time, same amount of commitment, same amount of press to do, and then it'd be different figures because that's when it's not fair. They're, they're both pretty integral to the film. People identify sometimes going to a film because of its star. Obviously, he has a larger name than Bryce Dallas Howard at this point in time, although that could quickly change, as you know, in the movie industry. Do you think there's any justification to that? Uh, yeah, but I, th- I think that's just one small factor on, on top of everything. When you're talking about a film that is a two-hander, it's different. Now, when you're talking about something like Red Notice, when it's going to be built around The Rock as your main character, it's different. He's going to be the draw. It's clear. He's the lead. He's the, he's the main guy. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different in, in that regard, too. But also, is there any back-end money? Did they mention that as any points on the deal? No, they just they just mentioned the salary up front. There's, it really didn't break down too much, just said 10 and 8, respectively. The author of the article mentioned some of the things that you said as well. It would be nice to see something a little bit to get it even. I would like to see it get even, but I understand the realities of Hollywood still and name value still in that industry accounts for something 
you know, those are just as far as numbers are concerned. Like, like for instance, Sandra Bullock, she's coming out in Ocean's Eight with her movie. Who do you think is going to get the top billing and the largest paycheck in that movie? Her, because she has a history of box office hits behind her. She has a name value going on, maybe over even the other stars that are out there. So, and when's the last time she had a movie come out though that those other stars could easily like fight back with? When's the last time she had a movie came out that that did well? Well, the one with George Clooney, uh, the one with Melissa McCarthy, the one with George Clooney, the one with Melissa McCarthy. These these household names that you keep dropping of these films that are undeniable that that are on everybody's library. The one with. That's that's my favorite movie. That the one with has a great the heat. Cast. How about the heat with Melissa McCarthy? How about that? Uh, no, that movie's trash. You know that movie's trash. But it made a lot of money at the box office. Yeah, well, the one with that's my new favorite movie that you like. Oh, fair enough. Gosh, you're always testing me on this stuff, man. <laughs> that's true. But that'll do it for me this week on the Cosmic Crossfire. Crossfire. If you want to reach out to us and ask a question or you want to go ahead and maybe share a topic that we can discuss on the show, please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And again, if you get a chance, just go to kickstarter.com and support Galaxy Hope today. You'll be glad you did. Please uh, check us out, kickstarter.com, Galaxy Hope. Uh, The more backers we have, the more prominent it shows up on Kickstarter and the more that those social media shares matter as well. So please... Throw 10 bucks, secure yourself a downloadable copy, DRM-free, shiny HD. You're going to love it. Trust me. Rob, as always, it's been great having you on the program in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire and, of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. We just want to make sure and let you know our shows are being streamed seven days a week to online radio stations and that we deliver two brand new shows covering the latest in pop culture every Monday and Friday to Apple Podcasts or our over 30 different podcast networks. Just subscribe to any one of them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel to get extra content or just check out the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page for our entire radio schedule and the list of those podcast networks. I know you've got a great thing going on, like I said earlier, with Humanica Media. So tell me, man, Josh, what's going on with that great site known as Humanica Media? Put up an interview today with our good friend Chad Smith of Hyperschmidt, not to be confused with the drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, There's a new Inside Sports going up tomorrow, and... That's it right now. Another new topic, Ocalypse, can be expected on Sunday nights. And yeah, we're kind of uh, narrowing down our production schedule here. I hear that, but there's still a lot of great things going on. You got to check it out today on humanicomedia.com, Humanicomedia on YouTube, and all their shows on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast networks. Josh. I just got word this week that the creators of Rick and Morty through social media just announced that they 
got extended for not get this, not just one season, not just two seasons, but 70. That's right. Seven zero more episodes. Rick and Morty has been something that's been very popular ever since it came on TV. And it's something that people are just going gaga over as far as fan interest is concerned. It's a hot property at this point in time. But let me ask you this, Josh. Do you think it will retain its its popularity and its unique imprint on pop culture 70 episodes more into the series? Yes and no. I think it's going to end up being just from I've only watched one episode and that was uh, the one where they're doing the Alien Covenant thing. And that, you know, it, it was funny, but it's one of those shows that like you're going to grow out of eventually. And it's I know a lot of people have followed it faithfully, but I think it's going to end up it could either end up going the way of Family Guy or Futurama where it'll go away for a bit and then it'll come back or it'll be like uh, Futurama where it'll it'll be really popular for a while and then it'll go away and then they'll have like one off like movies and stuff so i i personally like i i get why people like it and i don't i can't watch it i don't watch it that much but it's just one of those things like it's it's a moment in time and as soon as like it's the same thing like all the people that watch family guy when it first came out don't watch it anymore so that's what i'm thinking is going to happen with rick and morty because eventually it's only going to last as long as there's something in pop culture to make fun of. But, you know, look at it. A lot of the movies that they make fun of in the show are, it's the same movies coming out all the time. So eventually they're going to run out of jokes. It feels like to me, but I don't know. Where do you stand on it? I think it reminds me a lot of South park, how it really was a, just basically a cutting edge, extremely popular show back when it originated in the nineties and I thought it was really a, a show that I got into heavily and I was watching week after week, but eventually it did tire out for me. And I, as I know, it did for a lot of other people. Now it still has retained an audience over the years, but it, it's I, I'm, between you and I and on the rating show as well, that it has not retained that same kind of audience as it once had. It's still, you know, because it's, the, because of the way it's made and it's and it's rushed out so you know to match what's going on with current events it still does a very good job of translating itself to a, a current and modern audience but you know like i said too much of a good thing people seem to go ahead and stray away from we've seen that with shows like south park like the simpsons like the walking dead and and so many others that after seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen seasons, even have really just, I guess, leveled off as far as the number of people watching it. Will we see the same thing from Rick or Morty? Will people get tired of what they do week in and week out with their episodes? I have a feeling they're not going to be able to retain such a high audience after seventy episodes, or even as they close in on that mark. But I still think they're going to be able to retain some kind of audience that's consistently watches them and that will continue to provide the network with the kind of ratings that they need for that show. And it still provides a cornerstone and a franchise for the evening that they're on. I've seen the show as well. It does have some humorous moments. I like it personally, but I, I don't like it enough to follow it on a week-to-week basis as well. Like you, I follow it based on the topic that they're talking about or whatever the main part of their narrative is for that show. 
but it is still a very well-made show. I like the references when I do see it, and I do think it's a funny show that people, I can understand, get hooked on week in and week out. But I do think, as we've seen with so many other shows, that there is going to come a point in time when people will tire a little bit of Rick and Morty and that they will not be able to retain their current audience that they have 70 episodes down the road. Yeah, because, you know, look at it. We were all huge South Park fans when, you know, when it first came on. Like, I remember watching just about every episode of it, not because I wanted to be like the cool kid who watched edgy things, but just because it was, you know, it was on and it was relevant and people, you know, it was just something to do. And I followed it faithfully. And then, you know, I kind of grew up and drifted away from the series. And now I come back, but I only watch it when something that I has a has a good topic or I, I people are telling me I need to see this episode. I'll it's not something I watch faithfully anymore. And I feel like that's kind of where the Rick and Morty audience might go eventually. Exactly. It's because there's not that many people that will watch it on a week to week basis. I know I've spoken in the past with Jason Todd Feinberg on his Honeyqueen show. And he is such a devoted fan and I respect him for it. And we've talked at length about South Park over the many years that they've been out. But I, I, I agree with you. I think Rick and Morty will follow that same traditional path of the highs of highs when it comes to ratings, but they will also at some point in time level off as their fan base goes into a different direction. What are your thoughts on Rick and Morty getting extended for 70? That's right. You heard me. 70 more episodes. Are you excited for that? Are you happy that they got the extension, that you're going to be seeing a lot more of them in the future? Or are you tired of the show already? Or do you think you will be at some point in time? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanical Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we're going to be playing some highlights of, of one of the latest Topicocalypse episodes covering that all-important topic that I know everybody around the world's talking about, and that is which fast food is better, Del Taco or Taco Bell? We're going to get that burning question answered right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Brink here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah. That's the Super BS Gamescast, available today on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Alright guys, welcome back to Topic Apocalypse, the only podcast on the internet. There are no others, it's just us. Uh, I'm your host. Facts. 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 We need to make that sound bite still. Yeah. Uh, my uh, name's Josh I'll Peterson, and I'm joined here by Brian Kane, PhD. Hey, hey. And Big Dog, Jay Linehan. Uh, what's up? Yo, 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 drinking them oof, shock tops. Woof, woof. When did that become a thing? We just arf, you guys arf. have like a new thing for me every time we no, do this. No, I've been barking for you for three last three times. Big have dog. Arf, oh, arf, arf. Attention. All right, guys. So as you know, we're all pretty avid fans of a little Mexican restaurant well, called Mexican-ish ish uh, fast food place called Del Taco. And 
I don't. I like Del Taco. I love Del Taco, I but I haven't had it since I've been on keto, and I that's the thing I miss the most. I admire your dedication to. How's that going for you, by the way? Yeah, lost twelve pounds. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's like there's a breeze blew through the room, and he looked like he was moving in his chair. My so. pants fit better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on the Atkins diet. Ooh, I heard that's bad for you. Atkins and keto are the same thing. Is it? What keto was is it? just rebranded Atkins. Okay, all right. That's what I thought. Back to Del Taco. Back to Del Taco. All right, so my question to you guys is... By the way, Del Taco is, I think, in Texas and mostly the West Coast. It's not yes, on the East Coast. It's not, oh, it's that's not a, right, It's not a yeah. nationwide that's, thing. That's a bummer. It's like Carl's. What, okay. Well, is, Carl's is Hardee's when you go into no, the middle of the country. Is the Taco East, Bell that is nationwide? Around, yes, it is. It's okay. like uh, In-N-Out. So yes, in when it comes to fast food I heard, Mexican I'm sorry places, to interrupt you, but no, I, no. I, when they, they opened up uh, In-N-Out Burger in Texas. How's it doing? really well because uh my buddy of mine has family out there and he goes he goes oh my god how do you not eat this every day it's amazing well right <laughs> so whataburger is also in texas i've never had whataburger. whataburger is good that's what everyone so it. everyone is saying that if you had the choice they like the burgers from whataburger better but the fries are no no they like the burgers from in and out better but the, the fries, fries from whataburger better yeah I, I can understand because i'm not too crazy about the in and out burger fries no i'm not a fan. they're just like potato scraps pretty much yeah all right, so my question to you guys is Del Taco versus Taco Bell. What are your preferences? What What are the pros and cons of each in your eyes or stomach, I guess? Well, I haven't had either since this keto thing, but before Del, then, Del, Del was the winner by well, because, far because okay. it's open 24 hours. It's open, but, but also, I mean, I know that they, they, Taco Bell just came out with these, but they, they have fries. You can have a burrito and french fries at Del Whoa. Taco, but now I, I'm not a huge fan of the Taco Bell fries. They're okay. Um, but uh, they yeah, give, they, before that, you couldn't have French fries with your tacos. Dude, they give me the snow. Uh, snow the, what does the fries? The fries from Taco Bell it, with Taco Bell? Oh, I thought about uh, Del Taco because Del Taco fries are amazing. No, Del Taco fries are good. Del Taco fries, if you buy the the cheese sauce with them, are really good. Or if you douse them in Del Scorcho sauce, they're actually really good. Oh too. yes, do tell us about the Del Scorcho sauce. Josh. Oh yeah, that uh, so good. It'll give you an ulcer. Give you an ulcer. It's a lesson. That's the lesson I never actually learned. <laughs> uh, okay, so Taco Bell it does good with experimenting with new types of foods. Del Taco though is just so reliable but that they don't but need it's better to, stuff. It is. It's better quality food, and they don't need to. Uh, what Del Taco? Better quality. Just careful how you phrase that. Well, okay. So, so it's, I think of all the fast food stuff, I think Chipotle. It's got to be up there. It's not fast food, though. There's no drive-thru. Kind of, so is that the differentiation? That's what I figured. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's more no like... drive-thru. Like, I don't consider Subway or any sandwich shop fast food because you have to go in... It's takeout. It's, yeah, takeout. See, I define it as anything that you can get in, like, a paper oh, bag yeah. to go. I can get a paper bag from Chili's. That's true. They do have a to-go thing. Speaking of which, we never did that thing where we were going to go to... Oh, you mean the Chili's, the and, Super Feast? Because yeah. you want the Awesome Blossom. Well, because we were watching Isn't that Outback. We saw well, that, but from, Chili's used to have the Awesome Blossom. They used to. No, but, but we were watching Talladega Nights. Remember, we we're like, wouldn't that be cool if we just went to all these different places and got like the best foods from each? So we'd go to Chili's, Outback. Because well, aren't they eating KFC, Taco Bell? Yeah, and, and we're gonna else? go get a bunch of foods, and then like we just decided not to do it, or we oh, never went through it to go. You have to split up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, but okay, let, let's let's break it down by categories though. Taco Bell tacos versus Del Taco tacos. Pros and cons. Which hard or no, soft? We, no, but are we talking like just their? <laughs> are we talking about just their, for their basic tacos? Because Del Taco has like carne asada tacos, carnitas. Okay, tacos. no, let's go into all of it. So my my thing with the uh, fish tacos, shrimp tacos. 
Yeah, no, they have I think, variety. Well, I Ramp think soup. V- variety, and I just think they taste better. And the they're less greasy. So you get a, a hard taco from Taco Bell. It's going to – there's so much grease in the meat that by the time you get home, the taco shell is torn in two. But you go to Del Taco, and it's – the taco shell is, like, still perfect when you get the, the food home. Yes, I agree. But you do get more ground beef meat from the Taco Bell tacos, I feel, versus the basic – Like the value taco. Like the basic tacos. Because I know that the Del Taco has the Del Taco now, and that's pretty packed, and they're it, pretty good. Yeah, it's a huge taco. They have is it? Yeah, they they pack it with more cheese though. Taco Bell gives you limited little cheese. Extra cheese on the taco. Del Taco gives you a lot of cheese. Yeah, Del Taco was my stress food go to. So working at Best Buy, oh dude, right in the parking so it was lot. right in the parking lot, and I lived two blocks from that Best Buy. Yeah. So I would leave work, go to Del Taco. But also go home. Also, dude, you can get chili cheese fries at Del Taco. You can this, get a. That's why I like the hat. A burger at Del Taco. You can get. Yeah. it's it's kind of like I a think their bur- I think their burgers are. Uh, I never had their burgers. Burgers are. My brother always gets the burgers. I remember they were pretty bomb, but uh, I don't know. It was always like I would go to Del Taco at least the twice one a day. spot that I think they're lacking, as opposed to um, Taco Bell. Recent in the re- more recent his- in you know history mm-hmm. is the breakfast department. I think the del that the Taco Bell breakfast is slightly better than the Del Taco breakfast. Del items. Taco's been hasn't been in that game long yes, they enough have. though. Have they? They've had they've had breakfast since we were in high school. My sister said they have a taco that the outside is a fried egg. That's a Taco Bell. That's a Taco it's Bell. It's not bad. What? It's called oh. the Naked Taco. Taco oh. Bell, not to Taco. Del Taco you're has to get the, naked uh, after you're going to no, stain it's, your clothes. It's, it's, oh, it's not that bad. Dude, I hate what? Those. Those, oh. are, those are the worst. You can always feel it too when you go to a public restaurant. You and start like, sweating. Be, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Del Taco the has sweats. the Del Taco has uh, it's a quesadilla that has like egg and uh, bacon. In. I think that Taco Bell has the more outrageous stuff like the uh, Doritos Locos Taco or the free the chili cheese Frito. Whatever. I think that's because it's tr- it's got a nationwide menu that's also appealing to people in Missouri and North Dakota true, in Kentucky versus true. Del Taco. I think Taco Bell. Prim- I think Taco Bell's more flash as opposed to Del Taco's more substance. I think so because Del Taco, you've got most people on the West Coast who are accustomed and to I having good choices of Mexican. And I food. don't want to say they're more authentic. That's more. It feels it's it looks more. It tastes more authentic Mexican food. Like they have a. Street tacos. You can get street tacos from oh, like Del the, Taco. The real tiny shell. Yeah, the really tiny uh, tortillas with just carne asada. Or How whatever. much are they? I, like a dollar. That's all they should be. Yeah, but um, cost. That's another thing. Which one's cheaper? Del Taco. Del Taco. Yeah. You know what's crazy is you can go to a hole in the wall Mexican restaurant and pay like fifteen twenty percent more for ten times the quality of food. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford along with my good friend Josh Peterson here to close out the show 
thanking you so much for sticking around and enjoying the whole program. Want to thank Rob McCallum for stopping by on the Cosmic Crossfire. You got to check out his project that he currently has on Kickstarter, Galaxy Hope. Just go to kickstarter.com, search out Galaxy Hope and support it today. You'll be supporting a great cause, a great project, and a, what I assume, if it gets funded, an awesome chance to see an unofficial Star Wars documentary like none other that's ever been made before. Also as well, want to thank everybody from the Topic Ocalypse, including you, Josh, that answered that burning question, which is better, Del Taco and Taco Bell? If you have thoughts on which is better yourself out there, share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or send us a message on Facebook and Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source. And we'll be glad to, you know, go back and forth on why we think Del Taco or Taco Bell is better. Josh, as we head on out, I just checked the stats a little while ago in regards to a certain game that both you and I have become familiar with over the years that we've played it. Dungeons and Dragons is almost 45 years old, my friend. Can you believe it? 45 years old. It's something that I remember as a kid uh, enjoying it, trying to obtain as many modules as I could, being enthused when I saw the big Dungeon Master Guide. I had that big handbook, that the, the big, thick, what, 500 600 page guidebook that was like huge and thick and you had to read it to learn all the classes and learn all the characters and and understand exactly how the game is played and then you would play with the friends and i didn't like to be dungeon master i actually like to be more like playing it and actually being dungeon master myself i did i did uh you know dungeon master on occasion but i actually like playing with it and trying to see whatever havoc i could cause while playing it and and uh, I've I've said before on record here on on the show uh, just my enjoyment in playing it and and being a friend you know trying to be so disruptive with going at each other with our minions ten thousand twenty thousand strong going at each other and just laughing so hard tears were coming out of my face and I was falling out of a chair what I was doing just having a great time I know you've got some great memories too with Dungeons and Dragons but the reason why I wanted to bring it up as a topic today is because. The influence after almost 45 years is still there with modules and games being set in sort of like a Dungeons & Dragons universe or games that are being directly influenced from Dungeons & Dragons still being released, new iterations released, and also Dungeons & Dragons themselves still going strong at almost 45 today. Yeah, it's impressive. Honestly, it's something that has fueled the imagination of kids and nerds and adults for a long time and it's the first thing that's kind of like it's one of those games where it takes a long time to learn how to play a game i mean not really but like to in order to to become good at a game like it takes a long time to become good at like monopoly or chess or checkers or something but if like you're you know you have kids or you have a younger brother Getting them into Dungeons and Dragons is one of the easiest things. And what really kills me about, you know, the the game, not not about the game itself, is that it's just that people don't like to it, people feel embarrassed by doing things like that. And they shouldn't because it's such a good time. They're always like, oh, that's stupid. And they don't really give it I don't really give it a chance. And that's like your your people who gave up on their dreams and just like work nine to five jobs and, you know, kill themselves for a paycheck. But 
it's awesome man like honestly like it anybody can play it and it's super accessible i don't like to be the dungeon master either i like to be the person out there just like doing stupid things and just i'm gonna pull out my 50 hit point sword and try and stab at that huge 20 foot tarantula right right like we're you know on super bs we play numenera a lot so that's uh and that's actually has a direct influence from the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's also made by Monty Cook Games, who Monty Cook is the one who made Dungeons and Dragons. But it's a fun game. And honestly, like it's good practice for for telling stories and being able to uh, to visualize things. And I don't know why more people don't play it. It's kind of got its own unique little niche, but I think it's awesome and I love playing it. And Stranger Things has been kind of bringing more attention to it which is cool but it has influenced a whole subculture of of nerds coming out here and like uh even comic books and stuff like that so they've they've it's had a humongous impact on society and uh your that culture as far as all the pop culture it's had a huge impact on pop culture and i you know i i'm stoked to see where it goes and i'm stoked that they survived that terrible movie that came out what 15 years ago yes and there was actually some darker times for the actual series what maybe the mid to late 90s early 2000s may have been some times where dungeons and dragons was almost forgotten about as something from the past but Dungeons and Dragons is again alive and well and very strong and out there and you can see its influence in so many other games. It reminds me of when I used to go to hobby shops back in the 80s when Dungeons and Dragons was at one of its peaks and you would go there and not only see all the Dungeons and Dragons modules and you would see okay what's what's coming out next for it. Oh that that's so awesome this module here this module there was what a new adventure is coming out for it next. But you would also see competitors from every type of realm that delved into the same type of aspects and rules that Dungeons and Dragons had, you know, from futuristic, from mobster, from superhero, from spies, all these different types of genres, which still held that type of you know, roll some dice, you you have your characters, you build them up, and you go with a party, and you have someone controlling the action. So many different other types of games that still held the same type of base that Dungeons & Dragons had and that were directly tied into the influence that Dungeons & Dragons had was just truly amazing at that time. And like you said, with Luminera, you're seeing a lot of that influence still there with that and so many other games that are tied into that Dungeons & Dragons universe in one way or another. And that's due to the continued success of Dungeons and Dragons, and hopefully that it will be going strong for another 45 years going forward. Let us hope that more people are willing to give in to their imaginations and just sit down and give the game a try. It does. It's not like it takes like a. Um, well, it does take a long time to play, but uh, you know, it, it's it's fun, and a lot of people. It, there would be more players if people would just be willing to like look outside the oh man, people are going to think I'm a nerd or it's going to embarrass me. Like if they would just sit down and play the game and find out for themselves how enjoyable it is, I think we'd all be a lot better off. We definitely would. And if you want to get a taste out there of what it's like, go to Twitch, go to YouTube, just type in Dungeons & Dragons and you'll see actual games taking place. You'll get to watch old streams 
both current and a little bit older, but that are done pretty much on a daily and weekly basis. And also the guys from the Super BS Gamescast have not only done one, but two different Luminera sessions that they've done that they've aired and is available on the Super BS Gamescast channel. So you can check that out. It is a little bit of a long listen, but I will tell you this from personal experience, these guys had one heck of a good time. Uh, there was just nonstop laughter going uh, around for what about an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes, two hours, but it is definitely great listening. And if you want to get more of a concept, there's also other great Dungeons and Dragons podcasts out there as well. Just type it in on a Google search or Bing search or what have, and you'll be pleasantly surprised and you'll get a chance to, if you haven't been there for a while, get back into, or if you haven't done it already, get into the world of Dungeons and Dragons because it definitely is worth it. What are your thoughts on Dungeons and Dragons as it gets near the age of 45? Are you a fan of it? Did you used to play it back in the past and maybe you're thinking about getting back into it now? Or are you even curious about it and maybe would like to know a little bit more about it? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. We can actually go ahead and give you some suggestions on where to go, what to watch, and what to listen to to help you maybe get back into or get into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Josh, any last thoughts on the way out for this weekend, my friend? I know we've got some uh, great things going on. You, you've you still got some reviews to, to work on. I know I just got uh, some more reviews myself to, for some games coming up here in the near future as well. What is there anything you wanted to mention before we head on out? Uh, I'm working on a God of War review, so that'll pop up here soon. Just trying to catch up with things but yeah definitely um check out all the good stuff that we've got going for you one last thing my friend are you finally finally getting on board with the a train known as the las vegas golden knights no and i just hate that they're doing so well my prediction was that it was going to be san jose and nashville going in the conference final and i just could not be more wrong who in their right mind would have expected winnipeg to get this far like that's amazing they usually get knocked out within like the first round so that's good for them good for them and the pins are gone too like honestly it's just a weird season i don't even know i don't i'm not even going to make any predictions i'm just going to watch the chaos unfold well i did not for another individual to think that they were not going to make it past the second round. So even I am surprised at where they're at. But they're closing in on possibly a trip to the Stanley Cup. So I will end this show with three more words that all you Vegas fans want to hear. And that's go, Knights, go. Don't encourage them. Go, Knights, go. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening, and here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co-host. Take one. Go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge. Who takes the Pandora Cup? Takes the universe. But bad news, everyone. Cause guess who? Ha! Listen, you lot are all whizzing about. It's really very distracting. Could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking? Not too shabby. Can you close this up? Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. You never know where the TARDIS is going to go next. Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com. Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace, and we are done. Did I pass the audition? We'll get back to you next. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentfoundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's been three years since we last saw these two on screen together in the hit documentary Nintendo Quest. But the guys are back, and with your help on Kickstarter, they can make film magic once again with Galaxy of Hope. Welcome. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you joining us on this special edition of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is, again, the Galaxy of Hope project that is now out on Kickstarter. You can contribute to it today on Kickstarter. Just look for Galaxy of Hope. And I'll tell you what, I'm just so excited that these guys are back again making film together once again. In fact, I just always love it when these two are together because it always creates for a great time. It's my good friends, the stars of Nintendo Quest, Jay Bartlett, and director Rob McCallum. What's going on, guys? Gerald, how are you, my friend? Love being on it. Always awesome to have you guys on. Just appreciate the kind words. And Rob, being part of the show every week with the Cosmic Crossfire, it's always great to have you on as well, my friend. Good to be here. Excited to talk about Galaxy of Hope, the long-teased, often-not-discussed project that we've had in the works for several months now that we've hinted at on, on your show many times, Gerald, with all our hope, puns, and innuendos. It's finally out there. Here we go. It is live right now. It is on Kickstarter. Once again, just look for Galaxy of Hope, and you will find... Right there, all the great things going on with Galaxy Hope, the tears, everything going on, all the information indeed, because it is, again, now live on Kickstarter. I guess I want to start it off with, guys, uh, 
uh, you know, whoever wants to start first, because I know you guys are never shy to talk about your projects. How did Galaxy of Hope come about? Uh, I guess I can go first on this one. I was looking for ways to avoid ever working with Jay again, and it proved itself to be impossible after a while. And I was sitting in a coffee shop with our mutual friend, Jordan Morris, who is a producer on Nintendo Quest and gets writing credit as well. And I said, we were talking about Jay and different things and the often discussed, you know, what about a sequel to Nintendo Quest? And what about this and what would work? And I, and I happened to say to him, I'm like, you know, Jay's been doing a ton of stuff with Echo 3, his Star Wars group. Uh, out of London, and I, I just thought there was an opportunity to do something that was bigger than what he was doing, which was mainly a lot of weekend events, uh, you know, kind of show up, help out for the weekend, and by the end of the weekend, that would be that, or even just single-day events, depending on uh, the situation. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a quest tied around those efforts? And uh, not long after that, Jordan, of like the idea and uh not long after that i talked to jay and i said what do you think about this a star wars quest and i remember jay thinking i can't collect all the star wars toys if that's what you're thinking so it took some figuring out what the actual quest would be and how it would work together uh but since late october early november the idea for this star wars quest was kind of sorted well i'll tell you what if you can get the cardboard Kenner pre-order slip, that would probably be the first thing I would go for. But anyways, that that being said, Jay, I know you are actually very excited, I'm sure, being one of the biggest Star Wars fans that I know probably anywhere in this galaxy. No. Tell me, tell me exactly when Rob first approached you, what were your reactions? And you know, basically, how's it feel to be possibly going back into film once again? Uh, it feels great. Me personally, it feels where I belong. I think there's nothing more rewarding than uh, doing projects with Rob. It's a very professional and fun environment that we create. We we, we talked about, you know, let, let's just talk about what everyone is talking about. We talked about the Super Nintendo Quest, which is, you know, a huge thing that everyone wanted from us. And, and I totally, I totally understand it. We actually talked about that for years. We would have phone chats when Rob was still in, in Vegas. And it just didn't it didn't feel right. I, I like to use the analogy of one of my favorite films of all time is A Christmas Story. And, you know, there's one that I won't touch, which is the sequel, which is A Christmas Story 2, which in my opinion would have been Super Nintendo Quest. I just, I think Nintendo Quest was so original and so unique that making a sequel, it just wouldn't work on many levels. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, absolutely. And it does make a lot of sense knowing that that you both want to undertake this thing because uh, you both are big fans of the Star Wars series. Let's get that out there. But also as well, all the things that you can do with these, you know, the things that you're gathering. But the concept and idea as far as you guys going ahead and collecting again, but I want you to break it down for me, Rob, as far as, what exactly do you have Jay proposed to be doing again, as far as to clarify it out for everyone out there and then where, and what happens to the products as far as this concern that he's collecting and what happens ultimately that you wish to do for exactly for what uh, end goal, as far as that's concerned. 
Sure, absolutely. And, I, and I'll apologize now. I am interacting with some backers that are pledging on on Kickstarter and some other people that are messaging me and a, a few different press outlets that are emailing. So if I seem distracted here a bit, it's just because I'm trying to get them some answers so that they can uh, help join the team. Yeah, well, same here. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to share that out. Plus, also, I brought it up on Kickstarter because I'm looking to make a pledge as well. Oh, nice. Excellent. Oh, well, thanks, we look, look forward to having you. The uh, The quest is really simple this time. There's there's a lot less game show like elements or rules. This is really straightforward. This is Jay. Can you go out or how I, I want you to go out and I want to know, I want to see how much star Wars merch memorabilia toys, whatever you can get that's star Wars branded. How much can you get in the scope of just one year to put into an auction where Everything that's auctioned off goes to benefit Children's Health Foundation, which is a local charity here that works with uh, kids uh, regionally to basically help improve their quality of life and help basically make sure that they've got a lot of uh, good things going on in life when the stuff that's staring at them in the face might not so uh, be so nice for them. Um, so, so the quest is Jay going out on the road, trying to see what he can get, buying low, selling high from comic shops, interacting with different collectors, seeking out celebrities, talking to people that worked on and off the camera in the actual Star Wars films or the different spin-off series and, and, and tangents. It's about connecting the fans of the Star Wars universe to the universe itself and giving back to other fans that uh, really believe in the power of the force. Uh, that's going to be amazing indeed. I know as far as a lot of excitement for you guys going on this new quest, so to speak. Uh, Jay, I want to ask you real quick, your association with the Children's Health Foundation, you've been mentioning it now for for at least a couple of years that I know of. I've uh, spoken to you personally in regards to the Children's Health Foundation and what it means to you. But if you can break it down in your opinion as far as how this project means to you and basically also as far as what the children's health foundation has done for your life as far as in the way that you've been able to contribute to it i connected with them uh the very beginning of our kickstarter trailer i I tell a a story about how my group echo three changed at, at an event we did at the children's hospital where a boy was going to be interviewed and he didn't have the courage to do it um but he grabbed Kylo Ren, who was myself at the time, and our Darth Vader, Chris Simpson. And, you know, he held both our hands. And with that power, he was able to do the interview, no problem. And it really echoes in my life where the Star Wars saga has given me courage to face things that I never would have been able to before. So I instantly connect with that. How do I put it? I just instantly connect with what that, that child was going through. And again, it, it did chase, it changed the face of the group. It changed everything forever. And this time it, it's not a self-fulfilling quest. It's, it's for other people. It's to give back. And it's what we've been doing for two years, but this is obviously on a more grand scale. And of course it's going to be a lot of fun because we get to explore star Wars history, you know, talk to celebrities, collect all the cool toys from the vintage all the way up to now. And and I think what Jay's touching on is a massive uh, reason that Super Nintendo Quest or Sega Quest or N64 Quest, Game Boy Quest, Video Game Quest wasn't going to happen again. We didn't want to do something else that was so self-serving. And that was one of the reasons that a sequel to Nintendo Quest wouldn't 
have resonated with us. We didn't want to do another thing where we just continue to hoard games and go out and buy them. And did he do it this time? Did he not do it this time? This had to be bigger than just what the quest was. It had to go and have a greater impact than just one person collecting them all for the sake of a dream. It had to go to inspire other people uh, by impacting somebody in like literally changing their life. That's why we had to do it on this scale. In this way, but I tell you what, in this way has always really suited you both very, very much. In fact, I remember, I mean, that, that's how actually we got to, to know each other is basically in the promotion of Nintendo Quest before when it was just, uh, you know, a fledgling, uh, you know, type of film. And, and I was notified, Hey, there's this film producer, a film director wanted to come over and talk to us along with one of his stars. And they're like, Oh, that's great. I'll get talked. And sure enough, what? Almost five years later, it's been uh, been a great pleasure and a great honor dealing with both of you guys on all these projects. I mean, you've helped us out so tremendously here, and it, we hope to do the same as far as for Galaxy of Hope. Uh, Jay, I want to ask you again as far as with Galaxy of Hope, you know, when you go out and collect these items that you hope to go on this quest for, and you can help this happen again on Kickstarter. Just search out for Galaxy Hope and contribute today. It is Truly appreciate it. And I tell you what, it's going to go to a great cause and for a film that definitely is going to be able to rock the world once again with uh, another one of great uh, Rob McCallum's film projects. But getting back to you, Jay, uh, what's the, what are, what, you know, what are you, what are your emotions when you go ahead and you start going around and start on this quest as far as looking at some of these treasured Star Wars trophies or artifacts or collectibles or whatever you want to phrase it as? I like the word artifact, yeah. Before we launched, we launched at 6 a.m. our time today. Um, and last night, one of the last things I did before uh, I went to bed was I watched Return of the Jedi. Kind of, you know, it's my favorite movie of all time. And I kind of just watched it and, again, experienced the things that made me still love Star Wars and why I love it. So I think... I mean, already we've shot in a few places, you know, for the trailer and such, but getting to see these items, some of which I never had when I was a kid, you know, so there's that nostalgia, the white whale I never had, like the shuttle Tidarium, I never had that. So Rob and I got to see like literally four or five of those in a row at the basement of this place we shot at. Just getting to see all that stuff, um, getting to meet fellow collectors like Nintendo Quest who have giant collections you know just to be able to talk to these people i think it's going to be a real a real treat i hope it will be for both of you as far as obviously rob filming it and jay going ahead and and doing what he can to try and uh, uh get there and get those artifacts indeed rob uh as far as some of the initial uh entries as far as some people asking already to you know see what they can go ahead and contribute to it have you already received any already or have you already received any messages as far as interest in the project as from that realm yeah i mean there's a lot of people that are eager to help uh whether they want to pl- or want to or are able to pledge to support the documentary because this auction is going to go on regardless of the success of kickstarter uh, there's a lot of people that are reaching out that, you know, I have this item or I have these items. Is this of use to you? What do you think about that? And it's it's really endearing to know that you can put a link out there. Somebody can actually click it, watch it, pay attention, and get back to you without having to kind of cut out that middle section. So it's nice that people are, are caring and, and want to participate so much. And 
right now because they're interested i'm just saying you know hold off if we get funded you know it's the kind of thing that we'd want to film if if you're kind of in our travel path or if you're local it's a bit easier of course um but it's nice to see the grassroots vibe is starting to happen already on on day one of our kickstarter campaign for galaxy hope yeah i've had a few people reach out to me this morning too saying you know hey you know i can make it worth your while if you come to such and such city and again it depends um one if the film gets funded and how much extra we make as far as travel goes right and then of course there's time we all have busy families and such and work and all that um, which well uh i want to ask you this traveling thing which is always a, i don't know whether it's on the record or off the record uh traveling has always been a concern for mr j bartlett so let me ask you point blank for galaxy hope for the children's health foundation what are wow. you willing to do i feel like you're taking away some of my questions that i have to ask jay in our one-on-one interview session but go ahead Okay, well... No, you've already thrown it out there now, Mr. Glassford. You can't take it back once you've dangled the carrot for the bunny boy. All right, fair enough, indeed. But I will say this, Jay Bartlett, what are you willing to do and where are you willing to go for the Galaxy of Hope? Well, I always always said to Rob that if we end up at uh, Mr. Hamill's doorstep, I'll get there however I can, as quick as I can. By By plane? Well, I'll just leave it at that for now. <laughs> you know, can you use anything against me? I know you, yeah. Um, but that was one of the things. And, and when Rob and I were talking, Rob always thinks larger than life. So it was like, you know, where where do you see this thing going? He's like, oh, I, I want you at Mark Hamill's doorstep. You know, Mark's a big, uh, he, he loves doing charity work as well. So it's a no-brainer. You know, my favorite actor does charity work. I don't know well, if you can ever yeah, take I'm, like, I'm for that. I'll do whatever it takes to get there, so we'll see. I don't I I'll just say this. I don't know if you can ever take a better picture than the one you already did with Mark Hamill. I think hey, have you looked at it closely, Gerald? Have you actually looked at it? I am oh, absolutely no, terrified. You are in fear. Yes, you are um, in fear. The the way it was was you know, it was at a fan expo and you literally you're lined up and Mark was sitting down behind a curtain. So when it's your time, you get to go through this little booth, you literally see him for five seconds. Then you have to look at the camera and you're, you know, gone kind of thing. And I tried to keep my cool and uh, I just lost it when I saw him. Like, he's so small too, right? He's like my height. He's like 5'7". He's so tiny and I'm just thinking, Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker. And there's, you know, a million things you want to say, but you can't. I just said, you know, Mr. Hamill, thank you for everything. He's like, oh, no problem. Click, gone. (laughs) So maybe this time I'll get a few more minutes with him. That would be awesome. I hope you do as well, because it definitely uh, is great to to see you so excited about Star Wars and everything that's going on with it, and also the Galaxy of Hope as well. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Once again, this is for the Galaxy of Hope. It has just kicked off on Kickstarter. We're live streaming this now as we speak. Hopefully, if you want to send in your questions, we'll be glad to answer them for you. Just send it to either Rob McZob on Twitter, 
or Rob McCallum Films, Game Source, Humanity Media, or Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. You can gladly DM us, DM us or on Twitter as well. We'll be glad to answer your questions on the project. But Rob, if you want to go ahead and break down for those listening to this either now or actually when we go ahead and make this a podcast, break down the the different things you want to accomplish or the different things you want to go ahead and and show off and, and actually reward customers for if they go ahead and back the project. Well, we've kind of made it really simple this time around. I've I've done a bunch of Kickstarters, as you know, Gerald, and um, this this one really comes down to get a copy of the film in the flavor that you want. Uh, if you just want the film as a digital copy or just as a DVD or as a Blu-ray, that's out there for you to get. Now, if you want to have a little bit more of the super fan experience and you want to get your hands on all the bonus features that we're going to cram in into it, then we've got the deluxe version for you too. There's versions where Jay and I sign the cover with alternate artwork on the cover. Uh, you have a chance to have your name in the credits of this film. You have a chance to be in this film. You have a chance to get an associate producer credit. You have a chance to get tickets to this auction that Jay's uh, scouring the continent uh, of uh, for toys for. You get to be there live to have one of like 150 to 200 seats to see everything kind of in the flesh. So if you're a backer now you'll get to see what Jay was able to collect before the film comes out and kind of maybe even be in the film that way. Uh, and of course there's tickets to the premiere that'll, that'll happen in London, Ontario too. So basically it's, you know, what's your flavor of the film? How badly do you want to go as a super fan and, and get into it? And, you know, do you want to be there in the flesh? And if so, we would love to have you. Oh, that's awesome. I tell you what, again, it is galaxy hope. It is now live on Kickstarter. You got to go ahead and back it today because not only is it the spiritual successor to Nintendo Quest, but also the end goal as far as the auction of all those Star Wars artifacts, collectibles, whatever you want to say. All these Star Wars goodies are going to be auctioned off and all the proceeds will go to the Children's Health Foundation. I know, uh, Jay, that the Children's Health Foundation, they were told ahead of time that you guys were going to go ahead and do this. Um, what were their thoughts as far as you guys undertaking this type of venture? Um, well, my contact, Alicia, I met her a couple of years ago when we were doing um, just a few of the smaller events. And I called the office the one day. I remember telling Rob, I'm like, I'm just going to call them and pitch them the idea. And I actually spoke to her boss. And right off the bat, they were super thrilled and excited, um, which I was kind of surprised. I didn't know, you know what a corporation like that was going to think, you know, they got to protect their name and all that kind of thing. Um, but they met with us a few times um, before Rob and I started actually writing the film and they were, they were all for it. They, they love, they love the idea. They think it's great. They've never seen anything like that done before. So that was kind of cool that we can be the first um, kind of partner that they've had in that way. Uh, but I can't stress enough that every single item that I collect for the auction, all the proceeds go to the Children's Health Foundation, plain and simple. And that's kind of the, the thing that I think makes it tricky because every decision you make, you know, affects the outcome of, of what, what's going to happen, right? Like it's not your personal collection. It's not your personal bias where you're trying to go get all the return of the Jedi stuff because you like it most. You've got to go out and get the most valuable stuff by any means necessary. And you've got to play that chess game and constantly have that inventory that's going on in your mind. 
knowing that every decision you make affects every dollar that gets turned over. Uh, and I mean, there's decisions with time as well, right? Do we go and drive two hours to the next city or do we drive eight hours to the other city and know that there's maybe a better shop there? Cause we've got a message from somebody that says, this is what, this is what matters. You know, that we've got something here for you and we're going to pass up other things. It's, it's sort of like what we dealt with, with Nintendo quest, but on a much bigger scale. And I mean, if there's other travel options now, possibly on the table for this, then it's, do you get on a train plane to go to this other spot where there's a lead? Cause we've only got a year, which sounds like a lot of time to a lot of people, but it's really not that much time. It really isn't. No, I mean, gathering everything that we did for the trailer took many months, and that went by in a heartbeat. And well, again, in, in Nintendo Quest, if you haven't seen it, it is one of the best video game documentaries out there. Everybody thought at the initially, oh, 30 days, that is not going to be anything. That should be anything. But when life gets in the way, it does make that time consideration a lot different, correct? Well, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a full 30 days with, with our work schedule and that. What was it, Rob? 18, 19, something like that? I think it ended up being 22, Yeah, uh, give or take, with some half days kind of meshed together. But it wasn't a full 30 days. And it's not like we're going to have 365 days to go on this quest either. This is going to be probably like once, maybe twice a month for three to five day spurts, you know, with 12 different kind of trips. Now, that's going to also prove to be interesting in other ways, because when we go on one or two, when it comes time to that third or fourth trip, we're going to have some experience and knowledge about what we completely want to do differently, where we really want to spend the time and and how we want to go forward as a kind of a unit. And Jay's going to have a lot more stuff to focus on with two months, say, behind him with two treks. What has he got in the inventory going on his third trip, which represents maybe 25 percent of his journey? But guys, we don't get to see any of this documentary unless you fund it on Kickstarter. So you got to go to Kickstarter, search Galaxy of Hope, uh, pledge, you know, 25 bucks to get the digital version or get the deluxe Blu-ray edition with us signing on it. So you can see what this quest is like and see the the entire thing play out as one documented journey. It's going to be an adventure, but you won't get to see any of it unless we hit our goal on Kickstarter. Everything on Kickstarter goes to funding the documentary. Uh, All the auction proceeds go to Children's Health, of course. And Jay's got his own budget to buy the toys with and the memorabilia and the merchandise. So there's there's three kind of moving parts there, but the documentary will not happen unless we're successful on Kickstarter. Definitely. Again, you got to check that out on Kickstarter today. That's Galaxy of Hope on that. I know, Jay, you wanted to say something? I'm sorry. Oh no, that that's okay, man. I was just gonna say that um, I won't, I won't, you know, ever give anything away. But the small amount of meetings we've had and interviews we've had with people, um, I'll, I'll just tease this. Uh, my associate Paul, who is also an Echo Three with with myself, we met with someone and we saw an item that may or may not be in the auction. But it literally, and I'm not even kidding, it brought Paul and I both to tears. That's all I'm going to tease. So again, this is one of those things that you guys want to definitely back because I couldn't believe we saw this item and that this particular individual was willing to to help us with the auction with it. So a little bit of a tease there. And it's not just the items too, right? Like the items are, are part of it. Like the item is like the... 
that little that olive branch that gets us kind of into the adventure and it's like oh what can we get but what's the story behind that item and how did the person or shop or whatever get that item and what's that story and what does it mean to them and what is that human element that's going to connect us all together through these objects that belong to this franchise that that has been around for generations now you know so like it's really breaking it down and connecting us on a bigger level than not many other franchises out there can do. That's correct. It is, again, Galaxy Hope. It is now live on Kickstarter. You just got to type in Galaxy Hope, and you can become a part of the magic today that will be hopefully, hopefully, be uh, be coming to fruition as far I as... I hope as you I, continue to do that. And I hope indeed. But it's, it's definitely uh, great to have, again, Jay Bartlett, and also as well, director Rob McCallum. You know them from Nintendo Quest, one of the best video game documentaries ever. So you know you're going to get a quality project. Rob has directed many outstanding projects. And actually, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Rob, is you've now dealt with so many different types of documentaries. How is that experience from creating Nintendo Quest, Missing Mom, kitty a uh, uh, document kitty origins uh, and evolutions also as well uh castle of grayskull the he-man documentary how is that experience from all those projects going to help shape galaxy of hope well nothing uh, exists in isolation right you always bring everything forward with you uh whether you mean to or not and uh much like the films that i made prior to making kitty like missing mom and nintendo quest it really informed uh, my experience with that story and that experience with kitty and everything before it informed uh, my experience on power of grayskull and i know there's going to be a lot of overlap and there's going to be a lot of discussion about how nintendo quest and galaxy of hope are similar because it's a travel element a quest element jay's in the hot seat But I think that there's an opportunity to still go in different directions, maybe look at some of these offshoot tangents in a different way and dig a bit deeper, maybe uh, take the amount of content we get as well and and expand it in different ways. In fact, our stretch goals on Kickstarter, when you look up Galaxy of Hope there, you'll see that we got like kind of a, a diet or a light version of Galaxy of Hope that we can do that doesn't have as much travel for the film crew. We have a medium version that has a lot more travel, which would be kind of like the Nintendo Quest level. And then you have the deluxe version, which is a lot of travel and kind of everything to the max. And that's where we get enough footage to actually turn this into a series. Now, we've done a series before with the Power Tour that sold all over the world. So we're really confident in that format and how that works and how that appeals to the demographics as well. So I really think Galaxy Hope is really that culmination between personal story, uh, human heart, awesome pop culture collectibles, traveling uh, and road trips with your buddy, and really getting to the heart of making an impact uh, and affecting a lot of people's lives. Because you two never have fun together when you're together. Rarely. Never. Rarely. Never. Hi, my name's Ian. And I'm Chris. And we host a podcast called Dad Cast Unknown. Where every two weeks we talk about being a dad and being a nerd and sometimes being a nerdy dad at the same time. We'll talk about everything from movies to comics. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, iTunes at Dadcast Unknown, uh, and also on any of your most popular podcatcher apps. Join us, laugh with us, make fun of us. Uh, as long as you're listening, we don't care. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. 
I do have a question that's been sent to me from uh, Jordan Morris, who's listening and watching. If I can throw that out there to the group or to Jay, I guess. Jay, uh, Jordan says, if a celebrity backs the project and they were game, would you be willing to auction off a chance to meet them or some other kind of experience instead of just material things? Oh, absolutely. I think that would be fantastic. And, and I mean, again, it's again, up to them, really. Yeah, it's up to the, the celebrity. And again, not to spoil anything, but I, I've been in contact with, with some people, you know, so it's it, it's really quite exciting. Um, oh, well, listen to you, Mr. Hollywood. My people know your people. We'll do lunch sometime. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's also a little known fact. I'm going to be in episode nine, but I haven't released that yet. <laughs> um, no, I think that would be fantastic. I mean, as a Star Wars fan, there's nothing greater than getting to actually meet someone who is in the films, being a director, a special effects guy, actor. So I think that would be wonderful. So Jordan, absolutely, my friend. And we got to stop and pause for a moment of celebration and, uh, and a big thank you to uh, Pop Culture Cosmos, who is now officially a backer of Galaxy of Hope. You too can Aww. become a backer on Galaxy Hope by going to kickstarter.com, searching out Galaxy Hope, or just by searching on Twitter uh, for Jay and my streams, and you'll find the link out there. Kickstarter.com, Galaxy Hope. Become a backer today. You can get in the door for as little as 15 Canadian dollars, which is like you know $5 everywhere else in the world. <laughs> well, that's what I was like, you know, typing it in there. And it's like, oh, all right, there's your contribution. This is what you, it's actually going to cost you here in the U.S. And this is actually what it relates to in Canadian funds. So when you go to Kickstarter, just basically go off the tiers that you're seeing as far as what you want to choose. And then you'll see as far as the amount that's there, both in Canadian funds, but also what it relates to in U.S. funds as well. So, Yeah, and I got to say, we were really trying to gear it towards American audiences, which is why some of the numbers are weird. But the currency is changing every day with the Canadian dollar, for better or worse. So that's why some of those numbers are just a little bit wonky here and there. And I don't know if they're going to change day to day i don't know if they'll finally be kind of like solidified when the campaign ends according to that currency exchange but that's why it's a little bit wonky with some of those numbers because we tried to round it out for our the american audience first and foremost well we truly appreciate it here and uh, i'm just proud to be a backer and i'm wishing all the best for you guys or i'm hoping for the best for for you guys as far as this project is concerned once again, it is Galaxy of Hope. It is now live on Kickstarter. But I know for a fact that not a lot of people out there know as much about Star Wars Echo 3 as maybe you want them to know. So tell everyone out there your, your opportunity with Star Wars Echo 3, because obviously your work with that group has obviously led to something bigger with the Galaxy of Hope. Yeah, Echo 3 was my... Um... I should say Echo 3 is my Star Wars fan group that I formed uh, just a few years ago. Just basically, I needed something different. We just came off the Power Tour. The Force Awakens was just gearing up as we were finishing the Power Tour, actually. And, and I've probably told this story on your show before, but I really identified with Kylo Ren. And I didn't know why, because you only saw the backside of him in the first trailer, didn't know anything about the character. But Rob can attest, I had a, a Force Awakens Kylo Ren figure that I took with me across the country as kind of my, like, guardian. And, um... Oh, how cute. Yeah, yeah. And I had a friend of mine, Amber, that was a 
she's just a wonderful cosplayer and her and I did some shots in the forest to kind of recreate Ren and, and Ray. And it snowballed from there. We met some really great people um, and made a conscious decision that we love all Star Wars. We love all Star Wars groups. We didn't want this divide very much like Nintendo Quest. You know, we accept everybody. So we kind of formed our own group and it just went on from there. Um, did a bunch of events, you know, Blu-ray releases, uh, mall appearances, things like that. But again, it goes back to the Children's Hospital that day and how the direction changed. And, and if I may really quickly, a, f- a fan, I will say a fan, reached out to me today. We're actually going to um, a hospital a few hours away in Hamilton on May 4th because uh, the mother of this child named Xavier contacted us uh, in January. Um, Xavier passed away. Um, he was 9 or 10 years old, and you know he was very, very sick. But he lived basically in the hospital for the last couple of years of his life. And he had all these treatments, you know, numerous treatments, weekly, monthly. All he wanted to do, this boy, was to get better so that he could get out of his hospital bed and put on his Kylo Ren or Darth Vader outfit to go visit the other kids. So she contacted me this morning and she's like, you know, I, I can't wait to see you guys May 4th. And we, I, I just saw the trailer for Galaxy Hope and I actually you know, I lost it. Like I just broke down in tears and, and she wanted, she wanted us to know Rob that Xavier's with us. Those yeah. are the human stories that I'm talking yes. about. That's, that's the power of a film like this. That's the power of what we're trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to get a documentary funded so that we can film all this stuff. But when that film is done, it gets to go out there and inspire other people to do similar things and to think about things in a different way. And you can't manufacture that. You can't do this. And once you get a taste for helping others, especially through the thing that you love and the thing that they love, when you have that common bond, it's it's almost like nothing else matters. And I'll tell you right now, it puts a lot of crap into perspective. You know, we complain about the weather or our phone is old or it doesn't work or, you know, we can't watch the latest sports game or whatever the thing is. We complain about a lot of petty crap. And then you start working with people and fans that have truly limited scopes of life by comparison. And when you can just spend time with them, not even do anything, just spend time with them and talk to them about something like Star Wars, it brightens up their day. So, you know, I don't want to be like on the high horse or the, or the pedestal and say, we've got a responsibility. But like Jay says in the trailer, if we can do something to help, why wouldn't we? And that's yeah. what this documentary will do. This documentary film is forever, you know, and this documentary gets to go out and help forever. And that's why we want to get funded on Kickstarter. So go to Kickstarter, look for galaxy of hope, help us fund this documentary so we can document Jay's journey and his quest to get all these toys, memorabilia and seek out these celebs and people that work in front of the camera and behind the camera to get them a part of this once in a lifetime auction where all the proceeds go to help the Children's Health Foundation. You get to see it all unfold before your eyes. And then you get to share this project and this film with other people. And and I can't stress enough, Rob and I, uh, if you know us at all, we're all over social media all the time. So if you are a collector, if you're a cosplayer with an interesting story, these are all segments we're looking to feature as well. Um, So it's not just me collecting and going out there. It's 
again, like Rob said, very much in the vein of Nintendo Quest. We want to feature the collectors. We want to feature uh, the people who dress up, who aren't necessarily in Echo 3, who, who do what we do to, to help people. We want to feature them. So please reach out to me. Reach out to Rob. Uh, if you guys have a good story, if you've got a great collection that you want to showcase, um, yeah, drop us a line, please. Absolutely. And if you go on our Kickstarter page, you'll see on the bottom right underneath the rewards, there is a chance for you to reach out and message us directly. You can go there. You can, you can see that we've got three things uh, listed out there. Do you have a podcast? Do you have a website where you'd like to interview us or talk to us like we are now? Send us a message. Do you know anybody that has worked on the Star Wars films or in the films in any capacity? Send us a message. Do you have an incredible piece of Star Wars memorabilia or merchandise that you would like in the auction and or that we could possibly film in the documentary? Send us a message. I do want to give a couple shout outs to some good friends of ours who have recently become backers. Uh, shout out to Ryan Bates, Tim Wendell, and Steve Schwarzentruber, our latest backers of, of Galaxy of Hope here. We're, uh, we're trucking along here, fellas. We're, we're making a, a dent now in, a, in our campaign goal, and we're doing it. We're doing it, man. Oh, that's great news indeed. Once again, it is Galaxy of Hope. You can help make this happen today on Kickstarter. Just go ahead and search out on kickstarter.com, Galaxy of Hope, and you can actually pick the tier which you're interested in as far as which prize or which which action do you want to download do you want the dvd or do you want something more it's all there for you it is galaxy hope on kickstarter jay i, I know you're back collected now and and i know you're a little bit uh, emotional as far as what the ramifications as far as this auction and what it goes to but if you can tell me as a star wars fan what this means to you again as far as you being able to actually have a chance to collect these items and the good that will come from it. Uh, it means everything. I mean, to take the thing that's been with me my entire life, which is Star Wars, literally since I was two, and I thank my mom for that. It has helped me through some of the hardest times, and it continues to teach me, if that makes sense, daily. To be able to go and collect the old and the new and get to see these artifacts, meet these people... Uh, I'm really quite blessed to be able to give such an opportunity to, to get such an opportunity. So I, I'm, I'm so excited. Ask Rob, I'm constantly calling him daily and he's like, okay, calm down, relax. You know, we're not, we're not funded yet. Relax. And Oh no, but I got another idea and just throwing ideas out there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really super excited. Well, that's, that's awesome. Anita, I know you will be brimming with anticipation as far as what exactly you're, you're going to go next or, or where you're going to go to as far as to get that next collectible. And it's just so awesome that this could become a possibility in reality, but it has to become fully funded on Kickstarter in order to do so. And you can do so today on kickstarter.com. Just search out Galaxy Hope. Rob, I, I got to ask you that the question is is out there, and I know that that's something that obviously makes the basis for this pr uh, proposed project. But what makes Star Wars a great pop culture anchor for this type of personal quest? Well, I think the main reason Star Wars is a, is a great backdrop for this is because there is so much humanity in Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is all about people helping other people for the greater good uh you know you see luke skywalker selflessly put himself at you know risk and put himself in harm's way so that 
the world can essentially be a better place. You you see it with characters all the time. Uh, basically, stand up for what's right or try to make a difference, even if that difference is not easy or ridiculously hard and in the face of, you know, mortal uh, danger. And that's what this is about. You know, Jay doesn't have to go out and leave his sofa and go out into the world. Jay doesn't have to raise $100,000, but he set this goal because it's important that he does everything in his power to, to help this charity foundation. He wants to help kids who can't help themselves. And that's very much uh, what Star Wars is. And we've we, whether you liked it or didn't like The Last Jedi, the latest installment of, of the main saga, that's an undertone all the way through it. You know, a small band, a pocket full, a handful of rebels trying to survive this overarching evil that's nipping at their heels. That's a lot like the world we live in today. And if you just got a little bit of courage to stand up against it and think outside the box, well, you can make a difference. And that's what this is about. So that's why Star Wars is a is, is a great backdrop to, to what we're trying to do. Now, one quick question I have on the auction itself. Uh, hopefully it does come to fruition and everything goes well. And let's say everything, it's fully funded on Kickstarter, films done, and or films being done and processed, and, and you're going ahead and cover the actual auction itself. You said it's going to be a live auction in the London, Ontario area. Is there any way for people from outside anywhere in the world to go ahead and bid on some of these collectibles that you do go ahead, you know, that are, that are obviously very graciously gifted to you? We're exploring a, a bunch of different options, I think is the safest answer. We know that it's going to definitely be held live and we're going to have between 150 to 200 seats for sure. We are exploring a possible live component, but we also think there's something special to being here, to seeing the people directly that you're going to impact when, when you buy stuff. Now, I don't want to say, well, you know, somebody out there could have thousands and thousands of dollars to bid on something. And why would you cut that person off from, you know, helping out the charity? There may just be a different kind of split. We may have online items that are kind of silent auction. We may have the bigger stuff that is in person. It's all going to come down to logistics. And part of that is getting sorted out. That's part of what you're going to see in this documentary, how we build this auction to cater to the best end result for Children's Health Foundation. It's uh, it's going to be an undertaking to put on an event of this magnitude in conjunction with, you know, Heroes Comics in town and London Comic Con, of course, which is the the hosting body sponsor uh, of the of the auction itself. Now, both you guys have mentioned that you will go, uh, you know, be on, you know, various pop culture podcasts, radio shows, TV, whatever appearances you need to make in order to help this Kickstarter happen. One of the things I wanted to ask, I, and I know Josh uh, Peterson, my co-host, he wants to go ahead and get you guys on one of his shows, Topicocalypse, whenever you guys are able to. But what are some of the things that you, you know, in your experience in dealing with the press and handling it as far as the, the personal appearances that you guys made before Nintendo Quest and Rob again with uh, Kitty Origins and Evolution? How do you think that's going to help you out in helping uh, the Galaxy of Hope come to fruition and in getting it uh, done on Kickstarter? I, I personally think just just it's going to help spread the word the more people know, you know, they're going to tell their friends and your buddy's got a show. There you go. So there's one more connection we made in, in a few minutes, right? It's really just spreading the word. Uh, Rob and I, uh, you know, I can't speak for 
the other films, but for Nintendo Quest, you know, Rob and I did every single interview, every single podcast, every single news article. I mean, to be put in this position and to have somebody want to have you on their show and to talk to you is an absolute privilege. So, you know, I, I wouldn't turn anyone down. Fair enough. And then also as well, Rob, I know you're going to be doing the media rounds as well when it comes to Galaxy of Hope. Uh, when you're on some of these outlets, basically, uh, what are you looking to go ahead and accomplish as far as outside of just going ahead and just informing them with what Galaxy Hope is all about? Well, obviously, we want the documentary to get funded because we see a really large end game when this film is done and on a disc or in a digital file that can get shared everywhere. And, you know, sue me later, but in a world where there's a ton of digital piracy, this is kind of like the film that you almost want to get pirated because at least that message gets out there and it'll make people think. So, I mean, the the one thing I want, I want to get out of the, the chance to speak on these different shows is really, you know, if you have a chance to do good in any way possible, then you should do it. I mean, why, why are you sitting back? And if you have a chance to do good through the things that you love, do that as well. Uh, you know, I want to share the story of Andy Morrison, who's a, a really brave and courageous girl, a huge Star Wars fan. Her dog's name is Jedi. That should just give you some sort of indication of her level of passion. And I want to be able to talk about the Children's Health Foundation and the wonderful their work that they're doing at the Children's Hospital uh, here in London, Ontario. It's there's, there's a lot of dynamics to this, but it all comes down to uh, giving uh, as much back as you can uh, in order to, to make a bigger difference. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Well, Galaxy of Hope has already gotten off to a great start on Kickstarter, but it definitely needs a lot more help in order to go all the way and get fully funded and fully backed on Kickstarter. So please, we need your help and we need your contribution today. Just check out kickstarter.com and search out Galaxy Hope and just choose any tier is, is greatly appreciated. Guys, when it comes to people contributing to the Galaxy of Hope on Kickstarter, as far as you know, has some. You know, what are some of the reactions as far as how much people are going to do for you? As far how much are people going to you know? Are they really excited because they saw your work previously in Nintendo Quest? There's a lot of that, you know, and we've been like Rob said at the beginning of the show here. We've not teased, but we've talked a lot about wanting to do more, and it was just a case of what felt right, and this feels right, so. Yeah, everyone I've talked to today has been real supportive. Uh, I mean, if you follow me on any kind of social media, it's just not too hard to crack what the next project was. I mean, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So uh, everyone's been really positive and really supportive, which is which is great. And well, you guys kind of threw everybody for a curve on April Fool's Day. Well, I'm gonna hang on, hang on. I'm gonna clear that up. That was McCallum. Okay, I said you know what I said. You were involved yeah. with it, though. No, you were involved with it. Don't don't take yourself out of that. Don't throw him under the bus. 
But I said, do you think this is such a great idea before we launch a Kickstarter to have the Super Nintendo joke? And he's like, absolutely, I do. He's like, it's fun. And it was, it was fun. People, there wasn't anyone angry. It was just like, oh, darn kind of thing. But And don't get me wrong. We love video games. I play this game here all too often, right? So, um, but it was just the right right thing that we needed to do. All right, Rob, if it comes down to it, uh, is that still on the table or at some point in time after Galaxy Hope, like after you said the two years of your life that, that you want to hopefully devote to it, uh, is that still something on the table down the road as far as it's concerned? Because obviously you guys saw a lot of feedback from that April Fool's joke. Uh, like we said earlier, I just don't think Super Nintendo Quest or Sega Quest really adds up to something bigger right now. Not in the same context of Nintendo Quest where Jay or myself are going out to get these games to benefit a bookshelf that collects dust 90% of the time for the sake of playing a cartridge in our limited free time that we get. I don't you have free I, I can't time? speak wait, on wait, behalf wait, wait. of Jay, but... I want to ask this. I want to ask, you have free time? Well, that's just it, right? Like, uh, it just doesn't exist, right? So it's it's really hard to to want to commit to something that's going to just end up on, on my shelf when it could do something better. So would Super Nintendo Quest be better if there was a charity auction at the end? Maybe, but I can't see everybody getting in the room to buy Super Nintendo games uh, or, or want to come in person for that. Maybe as a, as a complete set, one massive auction. I, I don't know. And I think if there was going to be anything in the future with video games, in, in my, my personal opinion, it would have to be some kind of series. Um, Nintendo Quest, you meet the protagonist, myself, you go on a journey with me, you watch me grow, you watch me change at the end. So if we were going to do Super Nintendo Quest, yeah, sure, a lot has changed in my life in five years. But you still you still know me, right? So that whole thing is kind of taken out of it. Um I think a series would make a lot more sense. Again, Rob and I just both, we're not at that spot right now. This, this makes sense. Uh, it does. It does. And this is something that you both seem to have a great passion for. It is the galaxy of hope project that is going to be, well, actually it's live right now on Kickstarter. And if you fully fund this, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great project worth taking as far as for both these guys, but also going to lead into a great documentary. Rob, I'll tell you what, it, it, you know, how excited are, are you for doing Galaxy Hope, especially coming off a great documentary in Kitty's Origins and Evolution? Well, I mean, it feels like I'm never off anything long enough to really enjoy it as I massage the stress lines on my face. I'm still in the middle of box art. We've barely finished uh, Power of Grayskull. Kitty is finally out there, even though that was done a year and a half ago. Legal. And it's back It's back available on Amazon.com, correct? I don't even know, to be honest. I imagine you can find it there. Um, I had a lot of fun making this, uh, you know, what we this campaign with Jay. And when we put the trailer together, it was it was something for me to actually stand back and be really proud of. It felt right. It felt like everything that I liked about Nintendo quest, but boiled down into like two really quality filled minutes instead of just bits and pieces here and there. So if you're a fan of Nintendo quest, what I would say to expect from galaxy hope, maybe on a, a technical level or on a filmmaking level is more refined, better gear, better looking images. We plan to shoot the majority of it in 4k. 
Um, there's just comes a whole lot of ex- expertise and experience now to do something like this. And uh, when you can kind of go through it once, uh, that's your learning experience. And when you get to do it twice, then you're really becoming like a pro at it. And this is kind of like my third quest film, given that Missing Mom was a bit of a, a road movie too. So I really have a good grasp on how to handle the travel and, and how to set this stuff up. So I, I'm, I'm itching for the chance to really flesh this out and really make something big of it uh, and really use all the contacts that Jay and I have developed up to now. You know, we pour our hearts into everything we do. We just need the help to get this off the ground. If you can go to Kickstarter, back Galaxy of Hope, get yourself a digital copy, a DVD, a Blu-ray, be an associate producer. If you've got a great game store or a toy store, you can have an above the line credit in this film. So before the title comes, you will see Pyre Productions presents in association with your wicked toy store, Galaxy of Hope, after that. Like, how cool would that be? As you would say, wicked. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television. I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on the Geekly Oddcast. Before we head on out, once again, it is live on Kickstarter. It is Galaxy Hope. Guys, uh, and I'll start with you first, Rob. Your final thoughts on what you want to achieve with Galaxy Hope and what you want to send as a message, a final message to everyone that could potentially be a backer out there. This is the time. Now is the time. If you want to see this film, if you believe in what the film represents, go to Kickstarter, uh, be a backer share the project link, uh, share the message. Um, we get one chance to fund this. It's all or nothing. Uh, and we need every single possible dollar and every single possible person. So whether it's, you know, the 10 bucks you want to put down for a digital copy, or it's the hundred dollars you want to plunk down to become an associate producer, be a part of this project, be with it on the ground level. Let's take it to the next stage and let's really make a difference through the power and awesome culture of Star Wars. And Jay, your final thoughts and uh, what this would mean to you and and what do you want to say out there to everyone that could potentially, again, be a backer for this great project? Uh, Andy is a very special little girl uh, with some very serious health issues um, that needs my help, that needs your help. She's one of many kids who rely on this program to survive. There's nothing in this world I love more passion-wise than the Star Wars saga. And I think you're going to see that tenfold in this film. This will be a unique Star Wars movie unlike anything ever created. There hasn't been anything like this out there. So this isn't just a documentary on toy collecting. This isn't just a documentary on cosplay there's a lot of heart to it, and it's going to encompass everything. It's a love letter to to Star Wars. 
It, it is, but also is a love letter to helping out those in need. And remember, all the items that will be collected if the film comes to fruition will go to the Children's Health Foundation, which supports many needy kids in many hospitals. And the joy that you could help bring these kids with the auction which will come about if this film is funded, is going to be truly immeasurable. And hopefully, again, pardon the pun, but hopefully this will come to fruition. But it will so only if you back it today. That's Galaxy of Hope. That is, again, Galaxy of Hope on Kickstarter.com. You just go to Kickstarter.com. You check out and search for Galaxy of Hope. You go ahead and make a contribution today. You just go ahead and look and see which tier is of greatest interest to you. And, and just please, every little bit helps to help make this happen. And again, both you guys, I just hope that it will come to fruition. Rob, Jay, it's been a great pleasure having you on as far as, as the special edition of the Cosmic Crossfire, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and the PCC Multiverse. Check us out. We're streaming online every single day on online radio and also as well twice a week available on over 30 different podcast networks. If you get a chance, you'll hear more updates on this project. You'll hear more thoughts from Rob and hopefully Jay as well as we continue this Kickstarter. And we'll also, at you know, as it nears the finality of it, we'll also go live as well to go ahead and hopefully thank everyone for hopefully fully funding this project so guys thanks again i appreciate it rob and jay just truly great to have you aboard that is again jay bartlett and rob mccallum they're hopefully going to be able to be working on this great project it is galaxy hope now live on kickstarter if you remember how great nintendo quest was missing mom kitty origins and evolution look out because here's another great one on the way guys it's just been a great pleasure having you both on this special edition of the pop culture cosmos and my best to you and hope that this project gets funded